Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Welcome into a hump day edition of the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for the Blonde Bomber himself, who's taking a much needed break. But of course, we got the main man behind the glass that's going to keep us all in check and keep it a little bit usual here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. My guy, James Mesh. James, how goes it? On this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. Goes all right, Blaine. How you doing? Can't complain. Super jacked up. Football's getting closer and closer by the day. We got high school jamborees this week. We got week zero college football, as well as the third week of preseason. A lot of fun to talk about when it comes to that. Also a lot of fun to talk about the Houston Astros, your first place. Houston Astros in the American League. And Brian Lalima is going to join us at 2.30 and talk about just that. Brian Lima of Sports Talk 790 out of H-Town, the home of the Houston Astros, is going to join us and talk. Hey, I want to talk Alex Bregman. Hot, hot, hot August. As well as Justin Verlander, the ageless wonder Justin Verlander, who's having an unbelievable season. And I'm going to tell you why he should be in the MVP race in a little bit as well. And then at 3.30... How about our guy Matt Miguez from Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh is going to join us where we're going to talk a little bit of Raging Cajuns football. Maybe go over that depth chart a little bit and see what the Raging Cajuns have in store. As well, we're going to talk, you know, a little movie situation as well with football season approaching. And we're going to jump on the Crunch Time poll question of the day where we're having our second round of football movies. In that third matchup, we got Jerry Maguire versus the Longish Yard, as well as in the fourth matchup, Any Given Sunday versus the Water Boys. So we got some some matchups to get to. And, of course, we would love to hear from you right here on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And, oh, by the way, if you ever do dare to look at our beautiful mugs, you can head on over and watch us on the simulcast at Stadium Network 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. James, my guy. These poll questions have been having a lot of fun, been keeping up with you guys throughout these last couple days and, and seeing who's progressing. And I'll be honest, the, these two matchups were awfully close for me to vote on, in, in my books. Well, that's probably maybe because you've actually watched more of the movies than I have. So I have an easier choice. I forget your 12. I forget your 12. <laughs> yeah. So you, you haven't watched... The Longest Yard, no, the, I have. the original or the remake? No, I didn't watch the original. I've seen the one with Adam Sandler. Okay, okay. Well, we'll let that slide. But I did all, I've did. i watched Waterboy plenty of times. Of course. You have to, right? Yeah. You absolutely have staple. to. It's a staple. Hey, if you're from South Louisiana and you haven't watched The Waterboy, I'm going to take your card from you. So what, where are you voting? Where do you lean right now on, on the Jerry Maguire versus The Longest Yard debate right there? I got to lean towards The Longest Yard, especially since the way we're counting it, you can treat it as either movie, the Adam Sandler movie or the original. So it's kind of like horse racing where you get the 1A and the 1, right? You get to yeah. you get both horses in, in, in the equation. I, I mean, to me, it's easy. 
Show me the money. Give me Jerry Maguire all day. <laughs> and if we're going to continue the horse racing references, by daylight. I love that movie. It's been a minute since I've seen it, but I think that's the better of the two there. And then on the other side of the equation, Any Given Sunday, which is a classic. I remember going to see that at the movie theater, probably before James was born. And then <laughs> The Water Boy, which, I mean, come on, Adam Sandler. South Louisiana references galore. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the water boy in that one, and I'm, I'm assuming that's where you land as well. Yeah, I'm leaning towards water boy, and yeah, you're right. Any given Sunday came out December sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Wow, I don't even want to know what year you were born, James. You, you make me feel older and older every time I step foot into the, the Delta <laughs> Media Studios over here in Upper Lafayette. I, I, I remember vividly going to see that movie at the theaters. <laughs> and my man says, I wouldn't even a thought yet. Wasn't <laughs> quite there yet. Oh, man. Have mercy. How about the Houston Astros? Yesterday, Carlos Correa and the Minnesota Twins came into town. Carlos Correa making his return to the juice box. And, oh, he got a little heated, too, right? When you throw at Jose Altuve, that'll happen. And how about Trey Mancini? one of the newly acquired Houston Astro at the deadline, one of the first out of the dugout without hesitation. My guy was rolling up his sleeves saying, I got my guys back. I'm going to go in there and take care of it. But the story of the night, in my opinion, well, two of them. How about Justin Verlander bringing the record to 16-3 and with a 187 ERA, six scoreless, no-hit ball? Come on, man. Striking out 10, walking zero? Have mercy. You want to talk about, you know, I, I know there was at one point in the season where we were talking about Yardon Alvarez for MVP. He was having a historical start to the season. Hand injury slowed that down a little bit, and it seemed to be an Aaron Judge and a landslide in the, Amer- in the American League. Well, hey, guess what? The strikeout king Aaron Judge slowed down a ton. A ton. I know he hit a tank a couple nights ago to kind of get back on the track, but this ain't the Aaron Judge that we were seeing swat homers left and right uh, oh, about a month ago. It, it slowed down. Oh, my. Meanwhile, Justin Verlander mentioned 16 and 3 with a 187 ERA. Oh, yeah, he got a sub one whip as well. 0. 0.846. I mean, come on. What more do you want? His ERA plus 206. That's historical. Historical. I, let's put it into perspective for you guys. When Justin Verlander won the Cy Young, Triple Crown, and MVP, what, nine years ago? <laughs> I mean, come on. James was, you know, in diapers almost nine years ago. My man had a 2.4 ERA, a sub-1 whip at .920, very, uh, very good. His ERA plus was only 172. My man won the MVP, Triple Crown, and Cy Young. Why is he not getting the love at the national level right now? for MVP considerations. He is just blowing the competition away. He's sitting upper 90s easily deep into ballgames. For the life of me, I don't know why Dusty Baker pulled him last night with a no-hitter going in the six. Hadn't walked the guy. I, I mean, just <laughs> Dusty's been making questionable decisions all season long, and I'm sure Astros fans will agree with that. And to listen to Kevin Foote, he'll tell you more about that as well. But Justin Verlander, historical season this year, 
needs to be in the MVP race easily in the national scene. He's going to start to get more love in that landscape as it continues to go. It's been just dynamite, the season that he's having. 16-3. and Holy smokes, he could be James's dad, and he's dominating on the diamond like crazy. I want to talk about dominating on the diamond as well. I mean, look, Alex Bregman started this season slow. Started, mm, didn't, wasn't doing much. You heard, you heard whispers, guys were talking about, maybe they should move Bregman. Are you kidding me? The cheap contract, the hometown discount contract they got Alex Bregman on, the young man is absolutely Balling since the calendar turned August. He is in first place in the American League in OPS, WRC+, WOBA, and slugging since the calendar turned to August. The guy is just absolutely on fire. He's playing with that swagger. And which is crazy, though, is Bregman walks a lot, right? He has a great eye. He's got great plate discipline. And that was true through, through the first half of the season and even into the second half. But what's crazy is the way he's starting to pull the baseball, and that's where he's really having success. That's really where the offense explosion is coming from. He's hitting balls into the Crawford boxes seemingly two and three times a week right now and absolutely just murdering baseballs. Oh, yeah, by the way, remember Aaron Judge? Yeah, Mr. MVP in the month of August, Alex Bredman, six home runs. Aaron Judge, six home runs as well. Justin Verlander for MVP. James, get, get, I mean, like, why, why are we not hearing about that more? It, it always feels like all the local teams that are nearby, the national media never want to talk about them. Whether it's great Saints players, whether it's Astros, Pelicans. Pelicans was understandable, but they definitely turned around this, the second half of the season and gave the Suns a run for their money. It, it feels like Anytime that there's a local team that is doing well and has really good players, in our eyes, it's it never feels like it's enough attention. It's like, why is it always the New York or the L.A. teams? I get it. Those are huge markets because people are always talking about how it's like Louisiana and Houston and all the other nearby big cities aren't big enough markets. They're all huge markets. It's just New York and L.A. just stand alone so they're always looking at that anytime there's a at least one superstar there i don't know why they do it probably it's because gonna, there's just a huge population but i mean you got to give the players that are doing well the due that they deserve it's gonna get steam it's got to get steam justin verlander for mvp it's gonna happen how about this alex bregman in the first 61 games of the season hitting 214 with a 494 ops since then 318 with a 994 OPS. Oh, by the way, 19 doubles, 13 bombs, and 46 ribbies in those 58 ball games. He's fifth in the MLB in OPS as well as extra base hits in that time span. Absolutely on fire. Absolutely crushing the baseball. Oh, and he plays a pretty damn good hot corner as well. I, I think he's turning the corner, and that's what this Astros offense needed. I remember hosting Crunch Time a couple, uh, but three or four weeks back. And we talked about this Astros team hadn't hit their stride yet offensively. And I, I think that they're getting closer. Yardon's starting to get healthier. You add Mancini to the lineup, who has to play every day, by the way. 
I don't care if that guy DHs plays first or put his ass in the outfield, in left field. He needs to play every single day. He's absolutely been crushing it since he joined the, the Strohs. But they're starting to kind of hit their stride. And they're going to continue tonight to try to do that against the Minnesota Twins again. Framber Valdez is going to be on the bump tonight. The All-Star brings in a 12-4 record with a 2.72 ERA. Former hot shot prospect Dylan Bundy of the Twins comes in with a 7-5 record and a 4.6 ERA. And, of course, first pitch will be 7-10, and you can hear all that action right here on the game. I, I think this is really an opportunity. I, you know, the Astros, I know the Yankees are just absolutely horrendous. You know, it, it seems since the, since the All-Star break, the Astros broke them after that, sweeping that two-game miniseries with them. I, I think that the Strohs are, you know, and a lot of people knee-jerk reactions, right? A couple weeks, but last week, Strohs hit a little bit of a bump in the road on that road, on the, on the road trip against the Braves and against the White Sox. But I, I truly think this lineup's coming into form. I think this lineup's getting pretty darn close. We'll just have to wait and see. And, of course, Ryan is going to join us at 2.30, and we're going to break down some more Houston Astros. And I'm going to make him tell you why Justin Verlander should be the MVP. And, of course, you can get in on the action as well. Call us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. You want to get on the poll action? Want to get on the Strohs? Want to get on some Tigers QB talk? We're all here for you, ready for that action. We're going to take our quick first break of the show, but when we come back, we're going to talk about LSU's depth chart, a little bit more deeper than just a quarterback position, right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team will score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. There's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as $825 free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back into the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for Jordy today on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. Had a lot of fun in that first segment. Talked a lot of Houston Astros. Want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the LSU Tigers who are closing in on their first game of the season next Sunday night in New Orleans against the Florida State Seminoles. And there's been a lot of hot debate across the quarterback position for LSU, but this roster depth chart battle situation has been a little bit deeper than that and we want to look a little bit and talk about the Acadiana flair when it comes to this LSU roster and at the wide receiver position Keishon Butte of course the stud out of the Barry Westgate product balling out as well as Malik Neighbors and Jack Besh but it's just been so deep at the spot 
look, there's going to be some guys on this roster that, that don't get a lot of reps that are awfully, awfully good. And Brian Kelly is going to tell us a little bit about the wide receiver room for the LSU Tigers. Well, you're going to see them all play. We want to play fast. We want to play with some tempo. You know, we're going to push the ball down the field. So those guys are going to have to, you know, stay fresh. We want to be able to attack defenses with, you know, six, seven, you know, deep at that position is is going to serve us well. So, you know, I think they all serve a, an important role. Karen Lacey's going to be involved in that as well. He's, he's had a couple of, uh, you know, really good scrimmages for us. You know, Dre Dinkins has been really solid for us and, and, and consistent. So I think all of those guys are going to play a, a significant role. And, and I think it's, you know, to have that kind of depth, we're, we're going to use it as a strength of ours by really, you know, keeping those guys fresh and, and rotating them into the game. Malik Neighbors was so electric last year when he got opportunities and he got more comfortable as the season went on and developed into a really nice player as a freshman in the SEC, but it looked for him to kind of explode onto that national scene in his sophomore campaign. Let's see what Brian Kelly had to say about the Como Southside product. For me, from the spring to the summer workouts and to now, he's, he's obviously stronger physically, and his maturity is the thing that stands out. And, and when I say maturity, I mean... He's the same guy every day. Um, he comes to practice prepared. He practices hard. Um, he comes with a, a, the right attitude. He thinks the right way. And, and that's maturity, right? And I thought at times in the spring he was a bit up and down. He'd have a good day and maybe not so much you'd see him. Um, but his consistency and his approach and the way he thinks and the way he's attacked practices, he's going to be – uh, I, I think um, a guy that we're all going to enjoy watching play. Sticking on the offensive side of the football, look, last year's LSU offensive line, they battled, but they weren't. They, they were a weak point for the LSU Tigers. I think that's going to change a little bit this year. They've had some great battles in camp, but it seems like that front five is kind of set right now from left to right. I think it's going to be Will Campbell, the freshman out of Neville, Miles Frazier, Garrett Dillinger is going to start at center, and I know that was a big problem a couple of weeks ago. You know, folks that were going over to to practice in the scrimmage were seeing uh, Dillinger kind of struggle a little bit with just snapping the football. It seems like that kind of slowed down for him. He's kind of getting all the right calls now. The game's starting to come to him a little bit easier, a little better. Brian Kelly said yesterday in his presser that he's totally comfortable and okay with that position. And then you got. Anthony Bradford finally starting to get it together. The big man out of Michigan, 6'5", 345, the junior. You know, they had him out on the edge, maybe a little too thick to play out there, maybe not quite nimble enough, but moving him inside a guard, making him a true road grader, I really think that's where he's going to excel. Great feet for the size, and, whew, man, I don't know if I'd want a freight train coming at me like that, as well as Cameron Wire, the senior Finally starting to put it together. 6'6", 295, prototypical edge size. You know, he wasn't in that starting spot to begin with. It looked like they were kind of rolling with Anthony Bradford out at right tackle when camp first started. Seems like now Cameron Wire starting to get a little more comfortable, starting to get a little bit better out on the perimeter. And what's been really surprising at the tight end spot to kind of round out the the, the offensive front for, for LSU is Mason Taylor 
has been the absolute surprise in camp when it comes to offensive players, in my opinion. They, I, I, look, I, I didn't have high expectations. Comes from good bloodlines. Dad, Jason Taylor, played in the NFL for years. I just didn't see it. You know, I, I saw his high school film. They didn't throw the football to him much. But the 6'5", 245-pound freshman is going to get a lot of playing time. I think the starter will probably be Cole Taylor. Sophomore out of Colorado, played a good bit last year. I think Mason Taylor is going to play a lot of football for LSU. So will Nick Storrs, the former LSU pitcher, 6'6", 267. Gave up football, a little back issue, comes back for his senior campaign. And then I left the two positions that are the most controversial on the offense for last. And the quarterback battle has been beaten to death. Is it going to be Nussmeyer? Is it going to be Jaden Daniels? I think both of those guys give you different elements, right? Jaden extend plays with his legs. He's so quick, so nimble on his feet. Makes good throws. I mean, look, last year struggled a lot for an awful, awful offer. Herm Edwards-led Arizona State team where he threw 15 picks. I get it, get it. But guess what? Even in that struggle, he completed 65% of his passes. 65%. If I told you LSU quarterback was going to complete Balls at that rate, you would say sign me up in a heartbeat. And then you got Garrett Nussmeyer. Nuss brings you a different element. He's a gunslinger. He's going to get out there. He's going to take chances. He's going to be electric. He's nimble on his feet as well. I, I wouldn't say he's a, he's a dual threat guy, but he's a guy that can certainly, certainly, certainly extend plays and move the football with, with his eyes downfield. He is a pass-first guy. I think, in my opinion, Whoever they start out of the two is going to have success for LSU, and they'll be okay. I'm not sure one gives you that much advantage over the other. You tell me right now, got to make a decision. I think they probably lean towards Jaden Daniels. Uh, I know Matt Flynn went on OTB this morning and said hey, he thinks Garrett Nussmeyer's the guy. We'll see. I think they make a decision by Friday. I think they're going to make a decision. Depth truck comes out Monday. Luncheon presser for Brian Kelly. I think they want to have their guy in place and they start their game plan into game week when they're going to face the Knowles down in Nola. That leads us to the running back position. We know John Emery suspended two games, documented everywhere, fair or not, not here to discuss that. That brings, you know, three backs, really two, right? Noah Kane, originally from the state of Louisiana, went over to IMG, Penn State transfer, 5'11, 226. I don't know if you've seen him lately. That guy is yoked. He is jacked. And Amari Goodwin, 5'8", 195-pounder out of the state of Alabama, sophomore who's electric with the ball in his hands and at 5'8", has that low center of gravity, he get out of tackles. I think in week one you probably see a 50-50 split. If LSU has a lead late in the ball game, maybe you see – Pound the football with Noah Kane a little bit more. It's going to be interesting, though. At the end of the year, who has the most yards for the Tigers on the ground? Is it John Emery coming back week three? Is it Noah Kane, Amari Goodwin, Josh Williams, who we didn't mention? Walk-on product who played a lot of football for LSU last year. Win the only walk-on. Or, hey, wild card, Jaden Daniels from the quarterback spot, who's already rushed for 700-plus yards in a season before. Will it be him? It's going to be interesting to see. That brings us to the defense. And look, I think the defense, front seven won't even get in. There's going to be guys rotating in and out of that front seven, left and right. 
They are absolutely loaded. That's going to be the strong suit for this LSU defense. The secondary, so many question marks. Those are guys that played a lot of football in that secondary at previous stops. But who's going to be the guy that really gets the majority of the reps? Let's hear what Coach Brian Kelly said about Kobe Richardson yesterday at his presser. Well, there's a couple of things. One, Kobe Richardson, he uh, physically, he came in and put on about 20 pounds. And, and I think that that really has allowed him to compete at a high level. You know, he was, you know, somewhere in the 170 range, 168, 172, and he's, he's over 190 pounds. So I think, you know, coming in and, and really taking advantage of the nutrition and the weight training and conditioning put him, you know, he's obviously a very gifted athlete, but then putting on that strength and, and uh, taking, you know, our nutrition program to a, a new level for him, one that he, you know, probably never had before. And he's got elite speed. He's a veteran player, and all those things have come together. Uh, he's extremely committed. Uh, the players really enjoy him. He's a really good teammate, and it's, it's good to see him have some great success. And look, I know LSU fans. I remember the last time FCS guy transferred in, Darren Evans came in from down the bayou over from Nichols and got absolutely cooked in his first game against Mississippi State with LSU. I'm here to tell you that this guy's different. And he's different because of the reasons Brian Kelly just told you. He came in early. He was able to get into the nutrition program, put on the weight. That guy looks like an SEC player. Darren Evans? Ah, Not so much. It'll be much different. We're going to have to take a quick break. But when we come back, Brian Lalima is going to join us. We're going to talk about the Houston Astros again. And he's going to tell you, just like I told you, that Justin Verlander should be your MVP. So don't go anywhere. Stick around right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you have an opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate from Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so go sign up today. Back at it for the third segment of the first hour on a Wednesday edition of the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for the Blonde Bomber. And it looks like we've been stood up at the altar by Brian Lima. We're still efforting to get him, but don't fear. That means we have more time for your calls right here on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. So far, we've talked our poll question, little movie action on our football poll where we realized that James Mesh is much, much younger than myself. We've also talked some Houston Astros, Alex Bregman's hot, hot, hot August, and Justin Verlander for MVP, as well as LSU's depth chart. So feel free to call us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111 and get in on that action. 
And look, looking at the bracket so far for those movies, the longest yard is leading by a good margin so far. They're up 71.4% to 28.6 over Jerry Maguire. That's kind of surprising for me. But I guess, hey, you got the two-for-one special right there, right? Yeah, you got a little combo with that one. So you're, you're hitting um, you know, on folks you know, a little older as well as folks a little younger. So I, I, could, I could see the, the allure there on that side. And, of course, any given Sunday versus the water boy on the bottom side of that bracket. And James will give us an update on that here in a second. So we were talking about LSU's depth chart last segment. We touched a lot on the offensive side of the football as well as a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, mainly on the cornerbacks. We got somebody that wants to jump in the sandbox and play with us. Is that my man T? That's right, my boy. What's happening, buddy? Hey, couldn't be better on this hump day. There you go. Good to hear your voice on the radio again, man. Hey, thanks a bunch, man. Always good to hear from you as well. Well, I got a quick question, and then um, how's Big Gert? Oh, you know. Hey, Big Gert's better than ever. She's going to turn one year old next month, so she's getting 11 months now. So, hey, Big Gert's wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. <laughs> uh, you know, with the LSU thing, my only worry – with the defense we have, my only worry is he'll go kicking because I, I think we'll be in some close games. And that's my only concern right now. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, they, they're still battling out. You know, Damon Ramos came in with a lot of accolades, and then they got the transfer, Nathan Dilbert, who came in, oh, excuse me, Dybert, that came in, and they're kind of battling in that position. I, I think that you're going to see – one of those guys take the reins, and I think the other guy will become the kickoff guy. And uh, I, 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 I don't know who's leading that battle currently right now, T. I would say, though, that that would be a concern um, for me as well, just not having – look, we, we've been spoiled these last couple of years know, with Cade York know, and right? Cole, with Cole Tracy. So I, I think that uh, whoever it's going to be, it won't be to, to their, their fault, but it might be a little bit of a step back. I got you. Well, look, y'all have a good show, man, and uh, go Tigers, and we'll we'll see it on a Sunday night. All right, T. Appreciate the call, my man. As always, uh, take care, Blaine. All right. Hey, got somebody else that wants to jump in and play. Let's go back out to the game hotline, and we got the FedEx man waiting to talk to us. How are you this afternoon? Oh, I'm doing good, Blaine. Long time no see or talk, buddy. Hey, oh, how's it going, man? Long time. Oh, good. Hey, man, I got some uh, some history info on the uh, the longest yard. You want to hear it? Oh, I love it. Bring it to us. You know, the guy that wrote that and produced that movie uh, also produced the uh, the original Godfather. Oh, wow. And you know, he had a chance to produce the second Godfather, but instead of that, he went through the longest yard, which he wrote himself. Hey, you see, you, you schooling us. You schooling us. I didn't think I was going to get any education today on, on this Wednesday afternoon. Oh, I mean, every time you see me, I always educate you. <laughs> Come on now. I love it. I love it. So I, I take it that's your vote? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, what, 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 what is up again? The, the longest short of Jerry Maguire. Oh, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> you know, the, the original longest short is better than the, the second one, too. You know what I mean? But, uh, 
But anywho, uh, you know, I just wanted to give you a little uh, history and pool and uh, just talk to you, man. I've been a long, it's been a long time. You've been all right? Oh, yeah. Can't complain, man. Hanging in there. Busy as ever. Good to see you. Good, good to talk to you, man. You have a good day. You too, bud. Take care. Hey, schooling us on this Wednesday afternoon. The same guy who wrote the longest yard, same guy that wrote The Godfather. That's that's interesting stuff. I would never guessed that. James, do you even know what movie he's he's referring to? You said the you said The Godfather. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I know about it. Okay, all right. Yeah, J- just making sure that you know you're you're up to up to speed. On I'm what the somewhat I'm somewhat is. up to speed about this. All right, I like it. I like it. And then looking at the other bracket, the Waterboys heavily leading. 80% to 20% against any given Sunday. A little regional biasy there, though? Probably. A little I, was, I would say yeah. so. But I Look, hey, any given Sunday is a, a great, great movie as well. So I, I, I'm a little lean water boy, but it's not, it wasn't like a no-brainer for me. At least it is for me since I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> hey, look. Still too young. You already told me you stayed up way too late last night. So tonight, if you're going to stay up late again... Why don't you go ahead and watch Any Given Sunday and report back to us tomorrow? Which one would you say first, Any Given Sunday or Jerry Maguire? <sighs> any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday yeah. first? All right, I'll yeah. see what I can do. All right. <laughs> we get back and talk a little bit about this LSU depth chart on the defensive side of the football. And the, the front seven is going to be the strong point. I mean, it's going to be led in their front seven by two guys, B.J. Ojolari, who's first team All-SEC preseason vote by the coaches and Mason Smith who was a freshman All-American a season ago uh, I mean those guys are steadily improving uh, Jaqueline Roy who's coming into his third year in the program and then on the to round out the bookend Ali Gay who came back for his senior season I think those four guys are awfully good but the good thing for Tigers fans there's a ton of depth behind those guys I think Makai Wingo the transfer from Missouri is going to play a ton of football for LSU. He was a guy who was a freshman All-American a year ago as well. Don't hear a lot about his name from a lot of fans, but the coaching staff talks him up every chance they get, as well as Jacoby and Guillory, the Alexandria senior high product. Big guy, 6'2", 312, really just a, a, a force in the middle. He's going to play a ton, as well as the St. James product, Savion Jones. 6'6", 250, prototypical size, big, long wingspan coming off that edge. I think he's going to be a guy that plays his way into a household name as this season goes on, and he's going to come into his junior year with a lot of expectations, a a ton as well. Then you get to the second level of that defense and and the linebackers, and I guess you could say B.J. uh, BJ Ojolari's, you know, Jack linebacker kind of play with his hand off the off the ground a little bit but I think the two backers that you're going to have and the two that we hear the most about so far are Greg Penn as well as Mike Jones I think Mike Jones he came in from Clemson last year a lot of people thought he'd come in and play right away he took a little bit of time to kind of get acclimated to LSU's system but he was playing really good football as the season went on he started out as a safety over at Clemson he wants to be a true Mike linebacker he really feels that's where his potential is going to be over at the next level. And a guy that we don't talk about who played a ton last year is the Evangel product, Micah Baskerville, who's kind of been in the doghouse. I think he might be battling some of those uh, academic issues. You know, if you you read the innuendos with, with, with the coaching staff, don't talk about him a ton, but look, he's going to play a lot. And the other guy is the Harold Freshman out of Texas, Harold 
Perkins, absolute freak. 6'2", 220 pounds, and if you look at him, he looks like a grown man out there. He could play sideline to sideline, scoop up tackle after tackle. I really think that by the end of the year, he's going to be heavily into the rotation. You can see the coaching staff when they talk to him. You know, they, they interviewed D.C. House a couple days ago, and you can just see his face. He it lit up when he referred to Harold Perkins, and that, that young man's going to be an absolute menace on the field for LSU on the defensive side of the football, and he could get after the quarterback. He could play in coverage. He's a do-it-all Mike Backer. I think he's going to play a lot of football, and he's going to play more football than people think this year um, for LSU. Then at the nickel spot, you're going to get Greg Brooks coming in, transfer from out of um, Arkansas, original Louisiana product as well. I think Greg Brooks is – look, I don't hate to say this, everybody. He plays similar to Tyron Matthew, right? He puts himself around the football a lot. I don't know if he's that kind of guy. I don't want to put the expectation on him there. But he is a guy who's always around the football, makes plays. I think he's going he's gonna to play in that nickel spot. Sage Ryan's also kind of battling him there. The LCA product from right here in Lafayette. I think that's going to really be um, you know, who's going to play at that low. And that's where it gets a little interesting – at the cornerback spot for LSU, and we touched on Kobe Richardson, and he might be beating out the UL product, Makai Gardner, right now for the starting spot, but it's, it's awfully close. On the opposite side of them, though, right, look, Bernard Converse, the Oklahoma State transfer, was all Big 12 a year ago. He's a lockdown, big physical corner at 6'1", 200 and somewhat pounds, long guy. I think he's probably going to start. I, I Seven Banks is uh, he seems a, a step slow when they show him out in coverage, and then guy who I, I think's gonna get a lot of playing time as far as special teams go from right here in Lafayette again, Latrice Welsh from Acadiana High. I, he's a guy who's really physical. I think you'll see him start to get some playing time. I really like him. He he looked like a college football player a year ago when you saw him over at Acadiana. And then the safety spots. You get two guys that played a lot of football for LSU last year, and that's Jay Ward and, and Major Burns. Those guys are probably going to be the, the starters to start the season, but don't sleep on Joe Fauche. That guy is flies around the football field, is kind of a, you know, come in the box. He's very, very physical. I think he'll play a lot as well. I think the, the secondary is going to be very similar to that defensive line where you're going to see a lot of moving pieces. You know, guys are going to come in and out quite often. What would you say is the, you know, the, the biggest question mark position outside of quarterback for you on this LSU team, James? For me, I'm looking towards my initial thoughts are looking at running back almost. Because, I mean – you kind of have an idea, but it's not like you have a Leonard Fournette or a Darius Geis or any of the other running backs oh, of old where you have a three-down back. This, this is, is gonna not be a bell cow offense. It's not a bell cow. And I, I want to know who's going to have more of a majority. You might see a lot of good bit of Noah Kane maybe late in the game, but it, depending on how he does, could you almost see him more often earlier in the game and not just be a relieving piece? Reading the tea leaves a little bit. I think the guy who's going to get the most reps early in the year is the guy who's better in pass protection. They've kind of stressed that a little bit. If you've seen some practice clips and you've heard Coach Kelly talk, I, I think that's going to be what they lean on. They need somebody to come in and be a good pass protector. 
from all accounts, Noah Kane is that guy. I think he's also the guy that could kind of, you know, gather momentum as a back. You know, I, I, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Ty Davis Price in his running style. Another one for me would be who's going to ultimately win that kicking job? Yeah. Because I, I, you don't I, have I, a standout guy. You've heard some good things from about Finnison and one of the other kickers, but no one's been that lead guy. No one's taken that alpha role and taken over the kicker position. I, I think that's a position that's just kind of overlooked. You know, LSU, like I, I mentioned when T called in a little bit ago, that I, I think that's a position that LSU so they've been so darn good that they don't really think about it much. <laughs> kind of similar at the punter position too. It's, it looks like. Uh, uh, Bramblett's going to be the starter, the, the transfer from over at Notre Dame. I know Peyton Ty came in with a lot of accolades, just hadn't seen it yet from the West Monroe product. As far as returners, our guy from right here at Acadiana, Malik Neighbors, that they just can't quit gushing about. He's going to get that kind of duty out there. I think he's going to be a dynamic playmaker. Him with the football in his hands is special. Great after the catch. The coaches at Southside said he was such a good kid. Even going through everything he did his senior year with the LHSA not allowing him to play, he was there every practice on the sideline coaching up his teammates and friends and really trying to get involved. He never once, never once waved from that kind of commitment and stayed with that team all the way through. I think that speaks to the character of that young man and how hard of a worker he is and is starting to pay off dividends for the Tigers. We're going to step aside real quick and take our last break of the first hour. But when we come back, James and I are going to dive a little deeper again into our movie bracket and so much more. So stick right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Arnaville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting a Black Pot Cook-Off on Saturday, September 10th. The cooking begins at 8 a.m. and the eating will start at noon at the Flower Auditorium in Arnaville. There will be plenty of live music, including Gerald Gruing and Gentilly Zadiko. Dustin Saunier, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit www.ornervillefire.org. Welcome back in for the last hour, the last segment of the first hour of the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for the Bomb Bomber, and we've been having a lot of fun so far, mainly talking Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Talked a little bit about our football movie bracket, and I want to get back with James to give us an update. He was efforting... Brian Lalima in the last segment, and we just couldn't get him. Let us know. He had a little bit of emergency to deal with. We're okay, Brian. We appreciate you getting back with us, and we'll catch you another time. But, James, fill us in, my man. On poll question. On the poll question. Yeah. I have one more vote. It's actually going to Jerry Maguire, so inch and closer. But I'd still say Longest Yard has a good, sizable lead. And it's only leaning more towards Waterboy. Waterboy's running away with it. Oh, it looks like it. All right. I don't right. think I don't think any given Sunday has a chance. Hey, look, any given Sunday, I'm telling you, tonight when you stay up till, you know, I've been sleeping for eight hours by the time you go to bed, give yourself a chance to watch that movie, 
kind of, you know, get into football a little bit and get a little bit of, I would say history, but I mean, that would seem like I'm old and I don't want to do that. <laughs> but get yourself a little culture and get yourself to open up your horizons a little bit and listen to your elders. It's a good movie. I think you'll enjoy it. Do you know why I think it's losing? Why is that? It's because it's not Sunday. It's only Wednesday, so. <laughs> and we might have more college football fans than NFL football fans. We hadn't talked Saints yet. Maybe that's what that's the problem. Yeah, I, I've noticed a lot of people are huge on LSU and Raging Cages. Most people look towards more of the college than the NFL. Well, I also think, though, the Cajuns and Tigers start a week from this weekend. They're a week away. Well, yeah, they're anticipating the Hoodads get you know, a couple weeks out. Yeah. So I th- think people are more jacked up right now for the college football scene than they are for the pros. And, of course, you could always join us in on the game hotline at 337-706-0111 and join in on the fun because we've been having a lot of fun in this first hour. In the second hour, though, we're going to have a lot more fun. At 3.30, my guy, Matt Miguez, is going to sit in with me and we're going to talk some raging Cajun football. But don't go anywhere because on the next side of the hour, we're going to talk some of those hoodats. So stick around and join in on the fun. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Up to, I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for the Blonde Bomber himself and having a great time with all of you guys today in southwest Louisiana, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. And of course, if you want to call us up, join in on the fun, you can do that. Call us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And I decided, hey, Let's bring in somebody else to have a good time with us in this second hour. So I went to the bullpen, said, hey, come on, come with it. Matt Miguez is going to join us now and give us a hand in the second hour. And we're going to talk a lot of different things, Saints, Cajuns, movies, but have a lot of fun with you guys. Matt, appreciate you joining us. You know, I'm kind of like the wild thing in Major League. (laughs) I've, I've got a Charlie Sheen vibe about myself. Just come out of the bullpen and get things done, man. I like it, man. It's kind of like... Edwin Diaz, the trumpets are yeah. ringing when you come on in, huh? Is that not the sweetest thing in baseball going right now? I'm not even a Mets fan, but that gets right. me jazzed up every time I hear those trumpets blaring. So we're going to talk a little who dead action. We neglected the Saints in hour number one, but don't fear. We're going to got some Saints talk coming at you. James just told you in the two-minute drill, hey, shrink the roster size down, cut somebody, put somebody on the IR, and now we're down to 80. There's still some tough battles and tough decisions still to come for this team. Who's the one guy that you think hey, he's on the cusp of getting cut, but you kind of hope he doesn't? A guy like Kirk Merritt. Um, you know, Kirk's done a lot of, of, of good at different positions, you know, especially punt returner and kick returner. But you've already got a guy like Deontay Hardy in that position. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, kick returner, punt returner is a spot where you only really need one guy, and I think Kirk Merritt's going to be the odd man out there. Yeah, yeah I, I like him. Louisiana product went a lot of different places, right? Oregon, 
Texas A&M ended up at Arkansas State before getting drafted into the NFL, I believe, by the Dolphins and coming over yep. to the Saints. I, I think for me, Jawan Johnson, yep. is he, he going to make the roster? I, I like what he gives you. Dynamic playmaker, big guy, can stretch the field at that position, kind of a complete tight end. Uh, he gives you a different element that those other guys just don't. Yeah, uh, I think I think the biggest problem is that Taysom Hill is getting converted into a tight end of sorts, which really it comes down to are you going to keep Nick Vanette or are you going to keep Juwan Johnson? Because I don't know how you keep both of them. Yeah, I don't know how you keep four tight ends on the roster. I mean, I mean, I don't think they keep Ian Book right. Not when you have Taysom Hill. Put him on the practice squad. But, yeah, but he's not gonna make the roster. I, I hope. I hope not. <laughs> I would hope not. So you know, I mean, maybe maybe you look at it as three tight ends. I, it, that'll be an interesting piece for me. Is there a, a position for you? I mean, look, this defense is solid, top to bottom. I think there, there's not nearly as many question marks no. when it comes to the defensive side of the football. Agreed. So when it comes to the biggest question marks that are on the offensive side, what is the biggest question mark for you as we round down the roster? Backup running back. I mean, Kamara, it's it's more than likely that Kamara doesn't see a suspension this season. What kind of player are you going to get out of Mark Ingram? You know, he's getting up there in age in his mid-30s now. Dwayne Washington's a guy that you've seen flashes of good things from, but the body of work as a whole, you're not quite sure what's there. Tony Jones Jr., kind of in the same scenario. They have a lot of faith in Abram Smith. The undrafted free agent, but does he make the roster? Because he hasn't really shown up that much in the preseason. So, you know, you got Kamara, you got Ingram, you got two trusted backs there. But beyond that, you know, what do you have in that running back room? And what guy could give you some, some element in the pass game, too, out of that group? Yeah. You know, because this is an offense that, they, look, Jameis likes to dump the football off. He's going to take his shots down the field, but he does dump a lot into yep. the flats. So I think a pass catcher is essential from one of those three guys, and I think that's ultimately who's going to be that third back. Which is why Kenyon Drake makes so much sense for this team. If, if the Saints want to go out and, and pick up Kenyon Drake, who just got cut by the Vegas Raiders, I think that would make a lot of sense. He fits the mold. He might actually give you a little bit more than Mark Ingram, right? Yep. A L- little more tread on those tires. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he can absolutely. carry a little bit more of the workload as well as catch passes out of the backfield. I, I, I seem to like that a lot. Got to work out some cap space and figure out those kind of things, but they've been really good on that front yep. to figure it out. L- Luminomics is what I like to call that. <laughs> I like to get a guy to come, uh, you know, manage my checkbook right right <laughs> when we turn our, our attention to the defensive side of the football and I mentioned it seems pretty set in stone when you look at starters um, you may have a couple question marks when you look at backups but you're gonna have some talented guys that are gonna come in and play you know on the second team but this is a Saints team historically over the last couple of years they play a lot of guys They're, they get a lot of rotation you know this is the first time in a long time where I look at the the two deep for the Saints defense and I'd honestly be okay with the second group playing, you know, 60% of the snaps. Like, it, it's scary how talented that this team is on defense. You know about the first string with Cam Jordan and David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport, Demario Davis, and then this crazy secondary with Paulson Adebo, Tyron Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, and C.J. Garner-Johnson. But then you look at the second string. Tano Passigno has made some big plays for the Saints over the last couple of years. Contavia Street and Malcolm Roach in the middle. 
Carl Granderson on the other end. Your linebackers, Zach Bond, newly acquired John Bostic. And in the secondary, young but still talented with guys like P.J. Williams, Justin Evans, Bradley Roby, and Elante Taylor. I mean, and then you've got Chase Hansen in in, in the face Sewell at linebacker in the third string. I mean, (laughs) this up and down, man. This group is solid. It's so solid. Is there a guy that really surprised you in this preseason? Chase Hansen. Chase Hansen's been Chase the guy Hansen's for you. Been, you know, and and, and we t- James and I talked about it the other day. Chase never really got, you know, a, a chance to perform because ever since he's been in the NFL, he's been injured consistently. The second he'd get healthy, he'd get hurt again. And so now he's finally healthy and's finally had the chance to show up and he's taken the advantage of the opportunity and done just that. I mean, his game against uh his game against Houston with the six tackles and then the interception. I mean, he was flying all around the field. It was impressive. What What are you looking for to shore up going into this third preseason game? I mean, this is going to be the game that the starters are going to play the most. You're going to get some opportunities for some young guys to get some reps with the ones. So what's that question mark that you just want to see answered and solidified? Starters can play all they want. Jameis Winston better not. <laughs> at all? Uh, at all. <laughs> at all. He, he, I don't even want to see him in pads, well, Look, I, I think that, you know, this is I feel a lot better about the backup situation this year at quarterback than I did a year ago. Um, I, I think Andy Dalton is serviceable. Oh, I, I agree. Um, I, I, I mean, we got to see Jameis spin it a little bit, huh? Especially he missed a lot of time last year. You got to get up to speed. Yeah, and, and, I, and I get that. I just my, my worry is if he goes in and gets hurt again in the preseason, you look like an idiot. God, I, I gotta see him play at least a quarter. Like you, quarter you as when when I say you, you as the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you look like an idiot for putting your starting quarterback out in a game that doesn't matter. What? I, so I mean, I, I get the the point that I had made was that's what joint practices are for. He's spinning it against other defenses in joint practices. I don't know that he needs to be on the field. You know, and I and I get it's a little different, you know, but those those whistles are awfully quick in yeah. those joint practices. Yep. Yeah. When those lights come on in the dome. <laughs> that whistle ain't saving you. Yeah, that, them guys coming for your head. That's They're coming true. after you. That's you you got to take a hit. You got to get hit. You know, you got to got to remember what that feels like to stand in the pocket under pressure and make that hit. I think he needs to play a little bit myself. And look, we talked about the defensive backfield being just an embarrassment of riches. You know, you can go two in some cases, three deep. I think this wide receiver core is interesting. Very. There's some guys that. Um, they might not have the numbers and the production that, that some of the other guys might not have, but there's some awful, uh, there's some excitement built oh, around absolutely. some of these guys. I, there, there's going to be some guys that, that don't get on the field as much. When, when it's all said and done, I think you know we know Michael Thomas, the slant boy, is going to be your one, and Jarvis is going to be your your chain mover. Stop, you know, just steady production from that wide receiver spot. When, when the season's done, who's your your wide receiver number three in production? Chris Olave. Uh, Chris Olave reminds me so much of, of Michael Thomas, just a little bit more of of a deep threat than he Michael Thomas is. Right. You know, Thomas struggled right. with that a little bit. He, he has a little bit more burners to him. So I, I could see Olave having a big year. Um, you know, catching fifty balls for you know six hundred yards, kind of numbers. We've been sitting around waiting for guys like Mark Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith to blossom. Yep, I'm getting tired of waiting. Well, well, you know, yeah. it's. It, I think you, every Saints fan feels like that. Yep. Well, I mean, I, I think one guy, one of those guys, is going to be the odd man out as the season progresses. Which one's going to be that guy? I think it's Traquan Smith. So you think Callaway I, I, takes I the think, step? I, I think 
not only do I think Callaway takes a step, I think Callaway offers you more. Callaway has more secure hands. Callaway's also a deep threat. Traquan doesn't have that that deep ability like Callaway does. And you already have a guy for short and intermediate in Michael Thomas and even Jarvis Landry. Yeah, you need you need deep threats. I think Juicin look, it's not similar builds by any stretch. But I think Jarvis and Michael Thomas is playing styles. Very similar. Very similar. Very similar. That's what I, I believe when there was talk of the Saints, you know, signing Jarvis. I, I James and I had almost a debate where I didn't think the Saints should sign Jarvis. And I love him. I just thought it was too similar of a same yep. playing style that you got out of the two. So I agree. They need somebody different, and Alave could take the top off of the defense. What about injuries? You know, I mean, as the, you know, you tear down your roster, and we're still building. You know, and guys could still get hurt. But are any of these injuries at this point any concerning to you? I mean, Mike's hamstring's a little worrisome for me because you just, you know, he he's just coming back from missing a year and a half, two years, and you know, pulls a hamstring in practice. So that's a little concerning. But other than that, I don't really know. I don't see any injuries that, you know, worry me heading into the season, no. And I look, when they drafted Trevor Penning, I think a lot of people saw the writing on the wall, right? After free agency, people penciled him in. He's going to be the starter. Right. I'm not ready nope. to get off of that band. I don't think he's there yet, but I'm not ready to get off that bandwagon to say that he can't be that guy. It takes a little time. You got to realize from coming over from a smaller school to get the speed of the game right. is so different. He can be that guy. I think it's the smarter move, though, for Dennis Allen and especially for Pete Carmichael to put James Hurst, let Trevor Penning kind of learn the system a little bit better, learn the protections a little bit better, and you know maybe midseason, you know, rotate him throughout the year, and then you know maybe midseason if Penning's done enough to put himself in that spot, then give him a go. Then, but week one, I think you see James Hurst in that spot. And as far as special teams go, it feels a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> the situation the Saints are in right now when yeah. it comes to special teams. And we won't touch on the kicking. We know we, we know we got there. I mean, Deontay Hardy seems like the guy for kickoff and punt returns. You, you don't for see sure. that changing, right? For sure. Not that, at all. Get him on the roster and solidify his spot for sure going forward. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what you bring in a guy like Deontay Hardy for is, is to be that, that elite punt and kick returner. I mean, at 5'7". I don't know. I don't know how many cornerbacks he's beaten down the field. Yeah, there ain't many guys that he's beaten. Yeah, I mean, his his spot on the roster is just a return specialist. I mean, look, this is a Saints team. I think still awfully, awfully talented. We talked about how good I think this defense is going to be. The offense is going to get better and better each week. Yet the national media is so sleepy. That's when fine. it comes to the Saints. That's fine. I love it. The Saints are still winning the division, so that's fine. You're you're good on the Saints winning the division. Oh yeah. Oh, and which, yeah. where you at Wintel? I I, th- I think Tom takes. I, I think Tampa Bay takes takes a step back. Okay. Uh, Tom's total? over in the Bahamas partying <laughs> it up, I mean. and and he doesn't have an O line to protect him. <laughs> and no, win win totals. I, I I see the Saints being eleven and six. Yeah, I think eleven and six is probably good enough to win no. the division. I think eleven and six get you nice playoff seating. I, I agree. Probably probably the three seed in the playoffs. I, and I know it's it's preseason, so it's hard to kind of make assumptions when you look at things but looking at the landscape of the NFL as a whole has been anybody surprised you yet I mean it's hard as to get feeling out of week one yeah week two, no not season. not really um I know I'm, we talked. I'm I'm very interested to see what Baker's gonna do in Carolina yeah I, I was shocked he got named the starter that quick I'm, I was 
Kind of a little surprise there. I'm very interested to see what he does in Carolina. Uh, very interested to see what Seattle does at quarterback. Because with, with guys like Jimmy G on the trade block, I'm surprised that they haven't made a move for him. Yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting what they do. I know we talked off air um, coming in from the break that a lot of guys are a little bullish on the Denver Broncos, and you yep. and I both kind of don't see that happening. But do you see the Chiefs? You know, I look, Patty Mahomes, great, right? There's no no arguing that. <laughs> yeah. But, but, I mean, do you think that offense, you know, without Tyreek Hill is just a little different? It's a little different, but I don't know that they got worse. I think Andy Reid just and Patrick Mahomes just kind of have to look at the playbook and look at what they have, and maybe tweak a couple things. You know, maybe maybe use McCall Hardman a little bit more. Maybe you know, you start throwing the ball to to your running backs. You know, your Clyde Edwards-Helaire's and, and and guys like that. And it seems like they went away from that. Just kind of opened the playbook his, a little yeah, bit more. It seems like they kind of went away from getting the football and then, out to Clyde. And and then of course you have to hit Travis Kelsey about ten times oh, a game. Come on. I mean, he, so he, he might be getting a little older, but the guy's still the best tight end oh, in the league by, by far, far. Right? By far. Not even close. No, by <laughs> he's, far. He's about as good as, I, you know, he, he's getting up there elite legend status yeah. as far as tight ends go. No, absolutely. So. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, what a good time we had. A little impromptu yeah. Saints talk coming in to start this second hour. We're going to take our first break of the second hour. But when we come back, we're going to update the poll question. I'd like to get your two cents when we talk about movies to see if James isn't the only other young buck that we have in the studio today. So don't go anywhere. Still plenty of fun to be had right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Football season is here, and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You can score a $500 in chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Rage Cajun football games, and so much more. Enter in the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. Welcome back to the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for the Blonde Bomber. And I got Matt Mesh with me right now, having a great time right here in the game studio. We just kind of broke down the Saints roster for you guys and gave you our ins and outs on who we feel are going to make the roster and who's going to have the biggest contributions throughout the season. We do want to take a peek right now, though, about our football movie bracket right now on the game Louisiana on the Twitter machine. In the second round, the third matchup, the longest yard is crushing Jerry Maguire. And I voted for Jerry Maguire. Which is so surprising because I really thought Jerry Maguire was going to be like one of the final two. I mean, it's a classic. It's a great movie. Fantastic! I don't, James probably hadn't seen that one. If he, he no. wasn't born even remotely James, close, no. James doesn't watch movies. <laughs> I, we had we had this conversation when we made the bracket, and there were there were sixteen movies, and I asked James how many he had seen. I think the answer was two. Oh. No, no, no! Don't slander me. You'd like seen that. The Blind Side. Blind Side, Longest Yard. Longest Yard. What else? Remember the Titans. Okay, three. Draft Day. Four. Waterboy. Five. I think okay, there's so an, I think seen, there's I think so there's another, more, but it got eliminated. But it's still not half. No, it's not. But it's more than two. 
The man's never even well, seen the replacements. We we got to get you some culture, my man. I'm, get you I'm a big culture. YouTube and podcast guy. I, I get it. I've been telling him that. It doesn't work. He won't do it. <laughs> On the other side of the bracket, in matchup number four in the second round, as expected, especially in South Louisiana, the water boy is absolutely running away with its matchup against any given Sunday, 82% to 17%. Not surprised by that at all. And as, as great of a movie as any given Sunday is, I knew people, especially here in South Louisiana, would vote for the water boy because it's just such a cult classic for us. It, it is. I, I thought long and hard about this when any given Sunday was a, a fantastic movie. Born a year before Mr. Mesh was uh, came out, a year before Mr. Mesh was born. It was it was five months. Five, okay, uh, it, I I remember vividly going to the movies and seeing that one. So it was it was tough for me to vote against it because I, I do love that movie. You went to the movies to see Waterboy? Yes, in, in a movie theater that doesn't exist anymore. God, Blaine, you are old. <laughs> Waterboy and any given Sunday, I went to the movies to see. Right here on the north side of town, the movie theater doesn't even exist anymore. That's impressive. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> I'm over here with two young bucks. Man, I could school y'all on some some lessons, man. Hey, I've seen them all. It was just on DVD in my living room. <laughs> Understandably so. So we, we had a good time so far talking about the movies. We broke down LSU's depth chart in the first hour. In the second hour, we broke down the Saints. We're going to do the Cajuns a little bit later um, after the next break. I, I do want to get your opinion about something with the Houston Astros that we talked about. A lot about in the first hour. Why aren't we hearing Justin Verlander for MVP talks? You know, I I, I think that that's a, a multifaceted issue, and I think that it's because I think the biggest thing is that Shohei Otani is just you know that guy. Couple He's, rough starts now though. Oh, I I agree with you. Verlander's had a better year. But from the MLB's perspective, they're thinking, or e- even the voters' perspective, what's the best for the MLB? And promoting international talent, international involvement, you know, things spreading the game. Shohei Otani fits that. So I would argue that I would think Aaron Judge would probably be the MVP right now over Otani. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. I don't. Yeah, that's such a close race. I, I, I would agree that Judge has the edge, but again, you know, if he doesn't get to fifty-five homers by year's end, he went on a little bit of a cold streak. He he, he hit could, one two nights ago. He could let it slip. And Verlander is right. Verlander's numbers are historic. Oh, and nobody's talking about. Him. Oh, it's it's it's, in, it's insane. It's, it's crazy. It's just absolutely insane. I mean, you look at what he's doing from an ER plus standpoint. 206. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I no, mean, I know. I mean, look, the year he won the MVP and Cy Young was a triple crown winner. His ERA plus that year was 172. I mean, that's just crazy. A 2-4 ERA that year. Struck out 250. He's a little light on the strikeouts this year, if you want to argue. But he changed. He's but, a different pitcher now. Right. And that's a different part of the game. He struck out 10 last night, though. So Shohei Otani is 10-8 and eight on the year with a 2.83 ERA. He's given up 100 hits, 40 runs, and he struck out 167. And then from a hitting perspective, he is 
sitting at a 265 average with 27 homers and 72 RBIs. Look, he, I'm not arguing the fact that Shohei's good. He plays for a horrible team. Well, that's true. That's where he has, very where true. he has another generational player on the team with him, and they still can't win. Explain oh, that. You know, I, that, oh, I, know. I, I don't know if I could get over that fact. I, wow. um, Justin Verlander is the ace of a first-place American League team who's running away with their division. And, look, he, he has a pitching staff, too, that's pretty darn good, too, with Framber, mm-hmm. Garcia. Jose Arquiti. Arquiti's been really good at times. McCullers is back now. I, I mean, yep. I, I, I don't get it. I'll, I'll say it, I'll say it like, I, like I said for the NFL for years. It reminds me so much of why Drew Brees never won one. He doesn't fit. Personality type, too, though. Justin Verlander has a little personality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No offense to Shohei. Shohei doesn't show much of a personality. Right. But I think it's more of a culture thing for him. I I think it's going to come – and, and people might think that I'm crazy for saying it. I just – Justin Verlander doesn't fit what the MLB wants – for an MVP. He's also 39 years old. Well, he's older than me, James. But you see, the fact that he's 39 years old should make it more it's exactly. like Unbelievable. this guy should be the MVP. I, I, I agree Nine with you. years ago, he won his MVP when he was a Triple Crown winner. Nine years ago. We're having the same conversation about him being the most dominant nine pitcher. Nine years later. Nine years later. Yep. Tell me how insane that is. Oh, it's a, it's, it's absolutely... I, I would have never thought that a 39-year-old a year removed from Tommy John surgery would be putting up the numbers that he is. It's and, unreal. And look, the Strohs are getting them on the cheap, too, at 25 million. Well, they, won't, do they won't be year. after this year. He's going to opt out, and he's going to yep. get paid. Oh, yeah. He's going to want three years. And you see, big money. We, 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 talked with, we talked with Apollo Dez of Apollo HOU yesterday on our show, and I, I had asked him about that. Do you see the Astros re-signing him? And, and he said, I hope they do, but at the same time, you know, Hunter Brown's in AAA. He might be ready to go. Maybe the Astros just move on. James Cook and JV are tight. Mm-hmm. They're tight. I I can see I can see Verlander coming back for one more year. He's going to listen to the Astros. It might be a player controlled contract, but he's going to listen to the Astros. I think I'm with you though. Brown's getting ready. You, look, every pitcher that you just mentioned, the McCullers, yep. you know, all those guys. Framber, all those guys are young. Yeah. Young and in control. The Strohs are in control of those guys for multiple more years. So right. uh, do you need a Verlander? Is he a luxury at this point? And we're, it's, it, it, it's a luxury more than it's a need. Absolutely. Because, um, I mean, it's just it, – it's nice to know that guy goes on the mound and, I mean, in – 19 how many starts does he have on the year 23 starts 16 16 wins, three wins. Losses. i mean god that's 65 percent he, closing in on a war of five for yeah, this that, season that you, you can you can almost guarantee a win every time he steps out on the mound so that's i mean <laughs> you, that's yeah, a, yeah. You, you tell kevin foot that <laughs> <laughs> but no again it, it, it's definitely a luxury more than a need but as an astros fan it's a luxury that i'd like to to keep for another year, striking out one forty eight in one hundred forty nine innings. That's not even. That's not bad. That's a strike out yeah. an inning. And he's 
not as much of a strikeout pitcher right. as he was in the past. Right. You know, I mean, he, he, he used stuff, to consistently but, get 300 I mean, Ks a year. He's humming it up there, 95, 96. He was throwing up to 98 late innings a couple starts back. Uh, he's still got it. A year removed from Tommy John surgery, the 39-year-old will be your American League Cy Young, and he should be in contention for the American League MVP. Speaking of MVP, I got one on the side of me. My man oh, Matt, he guess, is going to break down the Raging Cajuns roster when we come back on the other side of the break. So don't go anywhere. Stick around right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Delta Media is your home for thrilling high school football. This season's lineup includes St. Thomas More on the game, 1037 Lafayette. Acadiana High is going to be on MeTV FM 97.7 FM. Carrico High is going to be on Z1059. Southside High is going to be on Mustang 1071. The Vermilion Parish Game of the Week is going to be on 106.3 Radio Lafayette. And then the St. Landry Parish is going to be on News Talk 98.5 FM. But you also can't forget Barb is going to be on the game 104.1 in Lake Charles. So make sure you download the station's free mobile apps to listen to your favorite teams at home or on the road. Delta Media is your home for Friday Night Football. Right back in it on the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for the Blonde Bomber himself on this lovely hump day afternoon. Got my main man, Matt Miguez, sitting in with me in this second hour, and we're going to bring it to his bread and butter. We're going to talk Raging Cajuns football, and we're just nine days away from Michael DeZarmo to start his tenure as the UL Raging Cajun coach against Southeastern Louisiana on September the 3rd. Getting pretty fired up there, Matt? Yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be a good year. You, you, go from, you go into year one for Mike DeZarmo as – holding the nation's longest active win streak at 13 games. And look, this this roster has a few transfers and guys moving in and out, but it's still really, really talented. And I, I think that, the, especially in some spots, I think they might even be better than they were a year ago. Looking at this depth chart, what stands out to you as the strength of this Raging Cajuns team? Oh, this wide receiver core. It is, it is top to bottom. I mean, Peter LeBlanc is, is a guy that's been – providing for the Cajuns since his freshman year. Michael Jefferson's a transfer from Alabama State that had a big year last year. You got John Stevens Jr. hanging around the the TCU transfer. Caleb Carter is showing a lot of flashes in camp. But the uh, the a guy that people really aren't talking about except for Michael Desermo is redshirt sophomore Jacob Bernard. Uh, Bernard's been with the program since his freshman year, really ha- has shown flashes in, in camp and in practice, and kind of waited his turn. Last year in the New Orleans Bowl, made a couple huge catches. One of them was a 50-yard go route down the sideline to set up a touchdown. And, and now you know, he's impressed even more in camp to where Michael Desermo said he basically had no choice but to put him in the slot. And I mean, you, you look, they named Chandler Fields the quarterback a few days back, and he's got that gun slinger mentality. Absolutely. He's a guy that likes to sling the football, and that'll help this wide receiving core out. I expect them to be an explosive offense and make a ton of splash plays down the field. Chandler's going to do a lot of pushing the ball down the field, you know, taking risks. Chandler's going to be okay with throwing an interception a game if he also throws three touchdowns a game. Of course. He's also a guy where he might not be a runner. 
but he's extend he extends no, plays he can, very absolutely. well with his absolutely. feet, and he does a good job keeping his eyes down the field. He tries to fit the ball in some tight windows. Don't get me wrong, yep. but when you have a strong arm like he does, he could get those kind of job that that kind of job done. I expect this wide receiver core to have a huge year on the back of Chandler Fields. And we look at the running game. Look, Chris Smith's going to get his opportunity to be the bell cow. He's mm-hmm. going to be the guy to get all the carries. Outside of that, which one of these backs you think is going to be the next guy in line? Terrence Williams is an incredible talent out of Manny. Uh, actually, in high school, he played running back and corner. Billy Napier brought him into UL as a corner. And they realized that he played running back in, in high school as well, so they gave him a couple touches at running back. And after watching what he could do in the backfield, <laughs> Billy, back Billy, Billy Napier said, that kid's a running back. <laughs> and uh, he, is, he has been incredible. I was really looking forward to seeing Kendrell Williams, the Karen Crow product. He tore his ACL in camp, though, so he's, he's going to miss this year. But uh, there's the, Draylon Washington's another guy, redshirt freshman. He's got a lot of talent in the backfield as well. I think I think the Cajuns. It might not be some names that fans are 100 percent familiar with, like it was the last couple of years. You still got a three-headed monster in the backfield, especially when you have a, a wide receiver core like that and a quarterback that's a gunslinger. They're gonna have opportunities and run lanes underneath. Those guys could have a good year too. And when you look at the offensive line, a few new faces, very young at the position, but some talented there. So it's interesting when you look at this O line because you've got you know a lot of new faces, a lot of new, a lot of inexperience, but at the same time you also have a lot of experience. If you look at a guy like David Hudson at the right guard spot, I mean he's a redshirt senior. He's out of Lafayette High. He's a local kid. He's been in this program from the jump. He knows this offense like the back of his hand. He's just been waiting for the opportunity. AJ Gilly's another guy. He's a redshirt sophomore. He played a lot of snaps last year. Carlos Rubio as well. Jax Harrington as well. A lot of these guys you haven't seen as starters, but they've played a lot of snaps for this team. Because that's one thing Billy Napier did really well, Blaine, was you rotated offensive linemen a lot. Keep guys fresh, get guys experienced, and look, it looks like it's going to pay, uh, pay off for them uh, this year. And, and when we look at the defensive side of the football, I, I think this defensive line really is... Yeah. Pretty strong and stout. I think that's really going to be the strong suit of this defense. Yeah, I mean, you you look at it. You got Andre Jones converting in, into a defensive end from the linebacker spot. You got Dalvin Hutchinson as well. Jaquan Nelson. He he's nicked up right now. He hurt an ankle in practice on Saturday, but he he's day to day. He should be ready to go for the start of the season. And then I mean Zion Hill. Well, Zion Hill Green now, <laughs> but I mean Catholic just a, Iberia just guy. an elite talent, man. And, and he's been tearing up backfields for this defense for a long time, and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. And those guys do make great penetration, but you got some very athletic linebackers. You know, these guys might not be as big, but they fly around the football. Yep. Uh, those kind of guys love to watch play. Tyler Gidry and A.J. Riley are two guys that have been around for a while. Again, some guys that you might not know their names, but they're going to make an impact this year. Chris Moncrief's been around he, he makes big plays year in and year out. Jordan Quibido, kind of the leader of this linebacking court, really one of the leaders of this entire defense. And then a, a, a guy to really look out for is transfer Jasper Williams. And you, you talked about the you know experience might be lacking a little yep. bit, but these guys have been here for a while. They, right. they know the culture. They know the program. They're used to winning. There's no there, there there might be a lack of on-field experience, but these like you said, these guys know the program. They know what's expected and they know what they need to do on the field in order to be successful. I, I think this team's going to be stout this year. 
And in the secondary, you got playmakers all over the field. It's look, Braylon Trahan feels like he's been making plays in Vermilion and White yep. since he left the Kadiana. Yeah. I mean, that guy's been tremendous. He's still here and he's still going to make plays. He's got to lead this secondary. Eric Gare's been starting since he was a freshman. So, I mean, he's he's playing corner and punt returner. He's going to have a great year. Trey Amos, the Catholic high product, redshirt sophomore. One guy to really look out for in the secondary, though, is Cam Podesclo. He's short. He's 5'8", but he is pound for pound one of the better secondaries and one of the better safeties in the country. And, and it's funny, his jersey number zero. So he's, he's, he's been dubbed the nickname Agent Zero <laughs> on this defense. Podesclo is phenomenal, man. Flies around there, huh? So, you, you know, you talked about the wide receiving core probably being the strong suit of this team. And not, not that they give you pause for concern, but what's one of the areas that you, you know you're watching to see develop and maybe they're not there quite yet? <sighs> Quarterback. I mean, Chandler's been around for a while and I, I think he does a good job. However, I'm just as equally concerned. In your opinion, though, would you, do you think it was that close? Yes, I do. You do? I okay. do. No, it, it, won, it 100% was that close. Uh, I, I, I went watch their, their scrimmage on Saturday and just watching them in the scrimmage. I mean, it was, it was that close. Being it was that close, do we see a short leash on Chandler, or you really think it's his team? I don't know that you see a short leash, but Dez has talked about it on Monday. Both guys are going to play. It's not going to be a two quarterback system. It's not going to be a, you know, he plays half snaps, he plays half snaps. But every couple of series, Ben's going to get his opportunity. Um, very similar to what the Cajuns did in 2018 when Levi was a freshman. You know, Andre Nunez was the starter, but every like third or fourth series, Levi got a possession. That paid dividends for the Cajuns. So you, you, could, you could see something very similar this year with Chandler Fields and Ben Waters. And you look at the schedule, man, it's, it's totally different than we're typically used to seeing, right? You get ULM really pushed up there, football games in September, and then you get some new faces too, right? Marshall, Southern Miss. What, what game uh, really do you circle in early on in the season for, for the Cajuns? Marshall. Marshall. Rematch. Uh, rematch of the New Orleans Bowl. It's Marshall's first game in the Sun Belt, it's Marshall Sun Belt opener. They're at home. They're a better team than they were a year ago. The Cajuns, in, in a lot of people's eyes, maybe took a step back. This is this is a schedule that, uh, is, especially that Marshall game, this is a game that I'm already looking at as a, you know, don't be surprised if the Cajuns drop this one. I think this is a big, huge swing game for them. Yep. If they win this game on oh, the road. If, if you win it, is, you are in the driver's seat of what you want to do. Exactly. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And I, you talked about, take, you know, it might be a perception taking a step back, but I, I couldn't disagree more. I, I think this is a, a team that has just such a winning culture. You mentioned, you, you mentioned longest winning yep. win streak, right? You, you talk about a, a team that was built, Napier built this team from the bottom. Up, you know, when HUD kind of let it slip mm-hmm. a little bit. Absolutely. And they kept that winning culture around, hired within, yep. similar situation. Got a ton of experience. Guys that have been in the program coming back. The expectations still got to be to win the Sunday. The expectations sky high, and that's part of the thing that worries me because, yes, you know, Billy Napier had never been a head coach before he was the head coach here. But keep in mind, his first year here, they went 7-7. Seven seven. So, and again, Michael Desermo, I, I don't doubt that he's the guy. I've, I've always thought that he would, be, he would be a good fit for the job. What worries me, though, is that expectation would be so sky high for this program, and maybe you slip up in a game like Marshall, or you slip up against a good, young South Alabama team, 
and maybe fans' expectations might be a tad too high, and Dez might not be able to meet it right away. I, th- I think that's one of the things that kind of worries me with this team. This team wins the Sun Belt if. Um, that's that's a hard one. This team wins the Sun Belt if a and this is obvious they can stay healthy, but b never get too high, never get too low. Take it one game at a time. Play the football that you know how to play. I mean, App State's gonna be a monster. Well, I also think this is a much deeper Sun Belt. Absolutely. So I don't think you're gonna see. You know, nobody's gonna go undefeated in this league. I don't, I don't believe. No. So you no. You, you're gonna drop game. You're gonna yeah. drop a game. It's gonna be how you bounce back. To your point. The 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 thing that that worries me though is I, I would have preferred to play App State this year because now with how good they've got, even better that they've gotten from a year ago, not having film on them from 2022 going into a Sunbelt championship. And obviously you'll have film on them against somebody, but film against you is different. So not having film against them heading into the Sunbelt championship game, if it comes to that, that's a concern for me. Valid, but I think it's a lot of excitement still absolutely. for the Raging Kings oh, absolutely. heading into this season. Hey, I enjoyed that breakdown. Don't you guys go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap this show up, wrap up our poll questions, and get you ready for crunch time with Miguez and Besh. So stick around right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team will score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. There's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as $825 free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back in for the last time of a Wednesday edition of the Jordy Holberg Show. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for the bomb, the Blonde Bomber. And boy, did we have a lot of fun so far today. Got a lot more fun intact this afternoon right here on the game. What do you guys have planned for Miguez and Mesh? So we're going to talk a lot about the NFL. We've got a, a, a Seahawks guest, Corbin Smith. He hosts Locked On Seahawks. He's going to join us at 5 o'clock to talk about the Seahawks. We've got some sound from Brian Kelly as well. James and I will also preview our or make our predictions for the AFC South and AFC East. And then I'm going to have James spend some time talking about who he thinks makes the Saints roster and who he thinks misses out. Well, he got a little bit of a 
cheat code, right? Listen yep. to us break down the roster. So, James, you're welcome. Didn't, didn't even have to do his homework when he stayed up till 3 a.m. last night in preparation for the show. And you see, I don't understand why James stays out till till three o'clock in the morning. It's not like, I mean, I, I I hate to knock you, bud, but it's not like you have a girlfriend or anything. <laughs> Nobody's keeping you up. What are you doing? I'm working. Oh, <laughs> that's when I'm most productive. <laughs> we won't even ask questions, James. Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, if that's not enough fun for you guys, if you stick around at 710, you'll catch the Astros versus the Twins. Framber Valdez takes the bump for the Strohs against Dylan Bundy for the Minnesota Twins. And I think the Astros might be a little little ticked off at the Minnesota Twins after last night's shenanigans. Yeah, you know, I've never seen Jose Altuve that upset. Um, so, So things could get pretty heated tonight um it was it was cool to see carlos correa come in and defuse that situation though so that that was cool to see but uh yeah no definitely things could get interesting tonight my favorite part of that was just trey mancini you know the newest strohs on this team was the first one out oh yeah ready to roll rolling up those sleeves so hey sign my man to an extension absolutely so good since he's been over in houston i love trey mancini man (laughs) i got good news for you folks of acadiana I will be here for the rest of the week with you on the Jordy Holberg Show with James Mesh joining me. So we have a ton of fun still to come. We want to thank everybody who listened today. We want to thank T for giving us a call, as well as the FedEx man. And, of course, I want to thank Matt Miguez for joining me and giving me a hand when we had a, a couple guests stand us up hey, in the man. 11th hour. It, it, was, it, was a, it was a good warm-up for, for crunch time. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. Uh, it's always fun hanging out with you, bud, and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. For sure. As we gear up for high school football as well, that'll be a big topic tomorrow as we get jamborees kicked off all over the state, and we'll talk a lot about that as well. So make sure you tune in to the Jardy Holberg Show with me and Matt, uh, excuse me, me and James tomorrow. But make sure you don't go anywhere now because crunch time with Miguez and Mesh is next right here on the game, 1037. Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.